0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shab LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space, so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Okay, today we're going to hear from a brand integration expert. Greg Isaacs is the Chief Product and Marketing Officer at the Branded Entertainment Network, also known as the Ben Group. Greg has worked for some amazing organizations, including eBay, AT&T, and the NFL. And in this episode, he's going to tell us what led him to the Ben Group, why large brands are moving their advertising budgets from TV to product integrations on streaming services like Netflix, and how social media influencers help some of the biggest brands in the world promote their products. Greg has an incredible talent for both marketing and product, and I think you'll love hearing this interview. Here's part one of my conversation with Greg Isaacs from the Branded Entertainment Network. Greg Isaacs, welcome to the Marketing Tech Podcast. It's wonderful to have you here. Let's just start off by talking a little bit about what your company does.
2: Well, Ben, thanks for having me. The company is called the Branded Entertainment Network, or ironically, Ben for short. And our focus is to help brands get integrated into premium content across film, television, streaming, and social media influencer content. We're fortunate enough to have some pretty amazing brands ranging from Microsoft, to Dyson to Heineken to GM to Zillow just to name a few and again we work with these brands on helping them find the right content and then working with the content creators on getting that product seamlessly integrated. We're very fortunate we are a Bill gates own company and so being a Bill gates own company we have some very interesting technology which enables us to work with our brands on the searching matching and ultimately measurement pieces of our integration
1: So if I had to summarize, essentially you help what sound like relatively large brands get their products into the content that is replacing TV. You mentioned it was streaming content. So if Pepsi wanted to be on the house of cards, that's the type of thing that you do.
2: Exactly. I mean, there are three, what I'd call tectonic shifts that are happening in the marketplace that when we speak to brands about, they nod vigorously and understand what's happening. The first is the streaming landscape, largely driven by Netflix and Amazon, is no longer an emerging category. It's actually winning. We've done some proprietary analysis since Netflix and others don't release a ton of data that shows that Netflix is now larger than Fox on an impression basis and over the next few years will be larger than CBS, which is the biggest broadcaster. So if you are a brand advertising on television and you see that audiences are increasingly moving to non-ad supported platforms like Netflix, you need to figure out how do you get in front of that audience on a pretty large scale. So that's the first trend. The second is this phenomenon around social media influencer content, which a few years ago was an emerging market, kind of a niche market, but today I'd argue in some measures is actually even bigger than the TV landscape. And these are influencers who range in categories from gaming influencers to do-it-yourself influencers. And they attract millions upon millions of users, but very engaged audiences. In fact, YouTube did a recent study that said over 45% of YouTube subscribers trust a YouTube influencer more than their best friend. And so for a brand trying to influence a purchase decision, these influencers have a large sway and influence over a consumer. So that's the second big trend. And then the third is just the idea of integration, getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. And that's not really that surprising. If you think about your own behaviors or people you know, Many people don't even watch broadcast TV, but if they do and a commercial comes on, they'll skip it because they've DVR'd it or they'll pick up their phones or they'll go to the bathroom. And so the efficacy of TV advertising is in decline and integration because you can't skip it, you can't avoid it. And if done well, can be very effective. So those are the three big trends that we're certainly focusing on. And we're very fortunate because they're all happening at the same time.
1: So tell me about your role. What do you do for the Ben group?
2: So I have two main roles. My title is chief product and marketing officer. The first is on the product. So working with the product and technology teams to actually build our platform. So our platform enables a brand to search. So for example, if you are Dyson and you are looking to target a female audience, 25 to 34 across streaming platforms, focusing on comedy our platform enables you to find that right content. Then once you've found that content, you can create a media plan. And then from there, once the integration actually occurs, we measure the performance ranging from the top of the funnel impressions all the way down through purchase intent. So with more and more content out there today, Netflix is spending $6 billion a year. HBO is spending $4 billion. There's more and more choices than ever for consumers and more and more choices for brands to integrate into, you need technology to help you scale, find the right opportunity, and then ultimately measure the success of that. So I'm fortunate to spend a lot of time with a global team that builds our product and the user experience. And then the second part of my job is around, call it marketing and insight. So this is where we work across the organization to drive generation, to lead generation. We are a fairly high-touch sales-driven model. So we work with our client development team on materials and messaging and the right events and PR strategies to get the name out there. But we've also recently launched a really compelling insights program that drives unique research programs to our brands to give them really critical information around things like how big are these audiences on streaming? What are the most popular shows? What are the most binge shows? What does binging do to a brand's uh, KPIs? And given that there aren't a lot of companies that are doing this at scale, we decided at the end of last year to launch our own research initiative. And it's been one of the, I think, the most important facets that we have in terms of differentiating us in the marketplace.
1: So if I had to read some of that back to you, essentially, you manage the team that builds the platform that helps brands discover what content is a good fit for their target market. And then you're building services to help them analyze and monitor the success and impact of those campaigns.
2: Yeah, well said. The the one thing I would add to that first point was that we not only help brands find the right content, we actually measure the results of that integration, and then optimize a campaign going forward so they understand what they receive for their investment in this media.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Right. How does the mechanism in between where a brand says, okay, I want to be on this new hit streaming show on Amazon. I'm assuming that your company plays as an intermediary to facilitate the placement. How does that work?
2: The first thing we will do is we will advise a brand strongly. Don't focus on the hit show that you may like focus on the campaign objective. So for example, if you're launching a new product, you're trying to target a certain demographic or psychographic profile, focus on that. And then we will use our platform and technology to help find the right content opportunities. One of the things I've learned having done this for a couple of years is that we all have a preconceived notion of going towards shows that we know, shows that we watch. And those shows aren't always the best shows to run a marketing campaign. But getting back to your specifically your question, we have a content team that focuses on productions in film, TV, streaming, and social media influencers. So those individuals work up and down productions, whether it's the social media creator, him or herself, the producer, the writer, the prop master, the set designer, the transportation people, anyone who's involved in a production we have deep relationships with. It all starts, this is a relationship-driven business. So once we have those relationships and nurture them, what typically happens is that we have a really good understanding of what content is coming down the line. We use sources like Variety to get some of that basic information, but because we have such deep Hollywood relationships and influencer relationships, we understand the content nuances. So for example, season six of House of Cards, we will have a really good sense of what the story arc is. And once we have all that, we put it into our platform, into Ben, our technology platform. So we effectively tag each piece of content that comes in. And then once we have all that data tagged and it's data rich, this is where the technology takes over. So there's really two sides of the model. There's the working with the brands, understanding what their goals are, but then working with the production and content creators, understanding what the actual content is they're producing so we can effectively match everything in between. Now... Once you have the matching of content to brands, the next step is actually getting that particular brand integrated into the piece of content. So in some cases, as I mentioned earlier, GM is a big client. So we have a warehouse in Burbank, California that has over hundred GM cars. We can get a car on set if the production's in LA very quickly. We also have a warehouse in Miami, but the same process goes through if it's Heineken or Dyson or some of the other brands I mentioned we can get that product very quickly on set. So there's a logistics aspect to what we do that isn't sexy, but is very critical to making sure that, again, the product is on set very quickly and meets the production's needs.
1: Well, I understand you're saying that aspect of the business isn't sexy. What I'm hearing is that you can tell me what's going to happen in the next season of Game of Thrones, and you have access to 100 cars throughout the entire GM lot, which sounds pretty nice.
2: It is. If you can figure out a way to get Jon Snow driving a Cadillac in the last season of Game of Thrones, then I will owe you a debt of gratitude.
1: I'll think about it. (laughs) Let's change gears a little. I want to ask you a little bit about your career path and what led you into this role. So walk us through the story arc of your career. Where did you start and how did you work your way into the Branded Entertainment Network?
2: I started my tech career at eBay, and that for me was just extremely eye-opening on so many different levels. I think for me, the thing that when I was at eBay, I ran the developers program, and so it was effectively marketing eBay's set of APIs to a developer community and ideally getting them to build applications to make the eBay experience richer for both buyers and sellers. And the thing that really caught my attention at that particular time was the power of platforms. So if you can build a platform, both economic and as well as technology that entrepreneurs and developers can build products and businesses on top of, then you can really build a pretty amazing scale business. So that's why for eBay, at least that role that I have was really intriguing and opened my eyes to a lot of the power of platforms and the power of scale businesses. And that was a hybrid, I'd say product business role. And then from there, I wanted to sink my teeth into, I think, more business-related roles. And so I was fortunate enough to go work for AT&T Interactive, working on their local search business. And so they basically had uh, yellowpages.com, which is a very well-known brand, but I'd say a brand that both the product and the brand itself had really not had been invested in. And so effectively, when I joined as well with a few other eBay colleagues... The site was getting 20 million uniques a month, but it wasn't a very engaged audience. Most of that traffic was driven via paid search. The experience was effectively the Yellow Pages experience online. So over the next three years of working at at t Interactive, we rebranded yellowpages.com to yp.com. We completely redid the entire experience, so making the search more algorithmic and getting the best results to consumers. And ultimately, that helped increase organic traffic, which just means we could use some of the money we were spending on page search towards other activities. And so that was a great lesson in terms of how challenging it is to take a brand and a product that has really not been invested in for a number of years and the heavy lifting it takes, not just the technology, but also at the time, yellowpages.com had 5,000 salespeople who were very good at working with small businesses, but were focused on. How to sell in a certain way. So not only was this a meaty job in revamping the product, but also around how do you actually position and sell in a unique way where you had some very powerful competitors ranging from Google to Yelp. So that was that was a, a great experience. And then from there, was fortunate enough to be recruited away to work for the NFL to basically be the GM of the digital properties, and so that included fantasy football, NFL.com, NFL Mobile, as well as our global streaming products. And from there, I just I understood the power of the NFL brand and how much fan avidity there was, and it was really a great playground to play in to learn about the sports business to learn about the nuances of collective bargaining agreements and just what it takes to build a product in arguably an environment that isn't a product driven organization and then finally was recruited away to work at Ben about 2 years ago and I just what attracted me to this business was I just loved the idea of being a differentiator and hopefully a disruptor in a really unique media landscape and so the idea of just my own behaviors And looking how I consume media and avoided commercial advertising, it just made a ton of sense that this is an an opportunity that I needed to go after. And so again, as I mentioned here, my role is focusing on building the product, which I've spent a lot of time doing as well as creating market generation. So two years in, I think we've done some great work, but certainly we have a lot more to do.
1: It sounds like earlier in your career, you're saying you understood and learned the value of the platform left to a company that had a big brand that was essentially pivoting or needed some renovation, went to the NFL, which was a very established brand, but not necessarily a digitally focused company. I'm assuming that you learned a little bit about the entertainment industry, which sort of led you into the branded entertainment network. Is that sort of a fair arc?
2: Yeah, it's a very fair point. And my first foray into entertainment itself was certainly at the NFL. And learned a tremendous amount about the power of live programming, especially live sports. And that was a great stepping stone, if you will, to the opportunity that I have now, which is very steeped in the entertainment world.
1: It's interesting. It seems that this is the challenge for you while you have Bill Gates as a backer and the company obviously has an impressive amount of traction. You're sort of developing a brand for the first time as a marketer. Do you think of that as the new challenge for you in this role?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great point. It's developing a brand, but I think at the same time, it's also developing a market. Because although people understand product placement or product integration or brand integration, it goes by a bunch of different names. It's not a hard concept to understand. I think the challenge is if you are a brand is you have your TV money, you have your digital, why should I invest in this new up and coming emerging category? So what's meaty about this is not only do we need to raise our brand visibility, which is one challenge. But at the same time, as the market leader, you have to convince people, convince marketers and decision makers that this is a category worth investing in. So it's a doubly fascinating challenge for me. But the good news is is that when we do meetings, and I'm not being hyperbolic on this, but when we do meetings with virtually any brand, and I could rattle off 25 of them, When we're in the room and we talk about these trends and we show them the data that, again, our own proprietary data, everyone nods, everyone understands what's happening. So there's no one there who says, I don't believe you or I have a different point of view. It's like, yep, we understand this is where the world is headed. And then we show them the technology and how we can make a brand's decision-making process around integration that much easier. They certainly embrace that as well. So I feel like we're at a really interesting juncture where it is a lot of hand-to-hand combat because to me, it's like in the early days of probably search, everyone understood what was happening, but there was a slow roll, a slow burn, if you will, of shifting dollars towards where those eyeballs are. And I think in our space, this is what's happening now as well. But again, to go back to your point, that's one of the, the things that's so intriguing for me is being able to not only build the brand, but actually at the same time, build a market and again, be recognized as the leader.
1: Okay, we're going to take a break there, and that wraps up this episode of the Martech podcast. Thanks to Greg Isaacs for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish later this week, Greg is going to tell us how the Ben Group thinks about customer segmentation, about their products and marketing mix, and about the methodology of measurement behind product placement and influencer marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about the Branded Entertainment Network, go to bengroup.com, B E N G R O U P. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech podcast, thank you. I want you to feel like a member of our community. So if you have any questions, comments, or if you would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to reach out to me directly at podcast at com or on Twitter at LLC. We'd love for you to leave us a review in the iTunes store. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. In addition to part two of this episode with Greg Isaacs, we've got some great episodes lined up for the next few weeks. So if you're interested in learning about topics like paid social advertising, growth hacking, and B2B marketing, hit that subscribe button. Okay, that's it for today. Until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy